Welcome to the More Than Fitness Podcast. Uh, wait a second. Hold on. Ta-da! Perfect. What's, What's up? up? How, uh, can you see me? Can you hear me okay? You sound good. Looking good. Dude, look at, look at you, though. You look phenomenal. You've got the, the Captain America shield in the background. What is that? Is it a banjo? Is that the correct term? That is, in fact, a banjo. I, uh... I actually have no idea how to play the banjo, so I am. Um, <laughs> well, well, guess what? It looks like you do, so that's what matters. <laughs> yes, I, I mean, I have other, there's like a guitar and a piano and a violin over there, and I play those in like various amounts of terribleness. But the banjo, I figured, like I'm pretty good at guitar, and I mean, I'm relatively not terrible at guitar. Maybe banjo should be pretty easy, and I picked it up, and I was like, this is nothing like a guitar uh, at all. So <laughs> it, it's it's a it's a great wall decoration at this point. That's great. Well, well, Steve, I'm originally from Kentucky, so my roots right now are are just screaming inside. <laughs> well, I, I I guess I feel so. I'm now in Nashville, Tennessee, just south of Kentucky. So, uh, yeah, I feel like the banjo was a requirement. You know what's interesting is I'm pretty sure. Did you used to live in New York City? I did. Uh, so I've, this is my third time living in Nashville. But prior to this third time here, I, I was in uh, New York City for the four years just prior to this. Amazing. So, so I, well, one, I love Nashville, but I'm actually currently in New York city. I moved, oh, to great. New, I moved to New York city last August. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's quite a jump from KY to NYC. So I'm well, enjoying not only it. that, but and, wait, so you moved in 2020 August? Yes. Yes. I know. Right. Crazy. You went into the belly of the beast. I'm impressed. Uh, I bet it was also buyer's choice, right? You could find whatever you wanted because uh, everybody else kind of went the other direction. Yes, exactly. And, and it was mainly so So my girlfriend's actually in law school. I'm 27. She's 24, about to be 25. And she goes to Cardozo Law School. And so that's why she, oh, was cool. already, she was already up here and had an apartment and things. And with my job being flexible and stuff, I was able to, to move as well. And, and while it was it was definitely hard because I was born and raised in Kentucky. Uh, um, I was like, you know what? I can and why not? I'm still fairly young. Let's go give it a try. Let's live in New York City, basically on training wheels right now with with COVID and everything. Uh, experience that and then who knows what will happen next, right? Yeah, it's uh, it, New York is is really interesting. You get, you get very used to having access to literally anything that you could possibly want within a 15 minutes. Like, yes. Any type of food, any type of entertainment. Uh, you have friends that live generally within a, a close distance, and um, and then when you move away, you, those are the things that you miss the most. It's like God, it's like you know midnight. It's like I really want Ethiopian food right now. It's like well, <laughs> there's one place you can do that, and it's New York City. Yeah, um, right. But uh, I, that's that's great, man. I'm, I, props to you on especially the contrarian move. That's like I that's next level thinking. Like hey, if she, if she's going to be here and I can be anywhere, yes, like why not go there? I mean, that's that's what brought me to New York a few years ago. I was like, why not? Like, let's check it out, and it was awesome. Cool, yeah, that's what I'm. I'm I'm excited. It's it's been it's been a fun process so far, and and I've been enjoying the the flip side of things, and um, yeah, different pace, et cetera, et cetera. It's all kind of good stuff. I just know you said that, and I I wanted to bring that up, and I'll probably bring that up later on. But before we get rambling off too off track of, of our reminiscing through New York City and things, uh, first, thanks for being here, man. I, I really yeah. appreciate you coming on the show. I, uh, I, I haven't done I haven't done podcasts in a long time. And I'm kind of like, yeah, let's let's start let's start doing some more interviews. And when you reached out, I was like this, of course, like this sounds like a super fun fit. And uh, like, I've actually been following you on Instagram for a while. And I don't remember how I found you or through who maybe it's Adam Ali. Like, Fuss economics? Maybe. That sounds about right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, like you, it's the internet seems so big. And then once you get into it, you realize it's like the same 30 to 40 to 50 people all know each other and they all run in the same circles. And you just like, if there's somebody that you don't currently know, their Venn diagram overlaps dramatically with somebody that you know. And then like that connection gets made. And all of a sudden it's like, of course, why not? So, yeah. Um, 100%. So, yeah so, of course, glad to be here. Sure, sure. Yeah, no. And that, that excites me because I, I was actually trying to look through a few old interviews and things and I didn't see anything too recent. Uh, but I was I was going through looking through the files. I even found your your Wikipedia page. And I want to I want to briefly. Well, first, how about uh, so. So for people who don't know real quick, I'll give my summation and then you tell people who you are more so. Um, but Steve's made uh, an amazing book called Level Up Your Life. Highly recommend getting that. One and a half million visitors each month on nerdfitness.com. Full team of 25 plus uh, fitness coaches there. And then I think you have several more on your team uh, as well. And so 
basically first thank you for the what you've done with the the fitness community like reading through your stuff is is not only um uh, very enjoyable but it's also really good shit too right so you have kind of both components going on for you um and it really just looks like you're having a lot of fun with what you do and i feel like that's kind of the big thesis behind a lot of what you do so so thank you for that um and then also the, the way that I kind of introduce people sometimes or allow them to introduce themselves is whenever you meet somebody in a uh, whatever, in a bar or, or, or a random house party or whatever you're doing nowadays with COVID, a random see somebody on the street, how do you introduce yourself? What do you tell them you do? Hey, that's an interesting one. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess I say like I help nerds level up their life and I started nerd fitness in 2009, but I think I bought the domain in 2007. And like the whole plan was just like, I'm just, a, I'm a huge nerd. I love Marvel and I love Star Wars and, and Harry Potter. And I spent a lot of time playing video games and reading books and everything else I found on the internet when it came to health and fitness was either like really jacked dudes without shirts on pushing supplements or like, you know, back then it wasn't Instagram models, but it was like very fit women uh, that, um, you know, I imagined a lot of people could not relate to. And then all the content I found was either overwhelming or too confusing or factually inaccurate. Um, so I, I was like, I don't, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but I do know that I want to help nerds like me who are self-conscious about getting in shape. Uh, I, I want to help people like me to like crack this code and, and exercise. And I Googled nerd and fitness and nothing popped up. I think this was like just before Disney had acquired Marvel and Star Wars, or maybe it was right around that time. It's like, I didn't do this as like, Ooh, there's an opportunity I can go capture. It was like, I'm just a nerd that plays video games all day long. And I've managed to find a little bit of success with my own personal health and fitness journey. And I want to help other people get started too. So like you said, I, everything I found was boring or, inaccurate. So I was like, why don't I just start writing stuff that's like, if I'm laughing and smiling as I'm typing it, that seems like a good start to get people interested in reading it. And uh, what started as a side hobby and just like a fun thing I was doing on the side, slowly but surely over many years, slowly built up. And now I'm at the point where we have close to 50 uh, team members on Nerd Fitness when you add in the coaches and, and all the other team members uh, and they're all scattered throughout the country, uh, throughout the world actually. Um, and uh, it's become this kind of juggernaut of a community. It's just like nerds all over the place who are helping each other. And you know, we, we kind of like, uh, the thing that makes me the most happy or the happiest is when somebody comes to our site and they say like, I feel like I found my home or I feel like I found my new family. Uh, because we have a certain lingo, we have a certain uh, way of speaking, a certain, uh, hey, this is this is who we are for. And if this is not for you, like that's totally fine, but this is the type of people that we are helping. And when it resonates with the right people, they're like, I'm all in, let's go. I mean, some people have the Nerd Fitness logo tattooed on themselves. Uh, people have gotten married as a result of meeting at Nerd Fitness events. Uh, it's just become this, I don't know, really, really cool thing that I don't even feel like, like I started it, I got it started and I got out of the way and uh, I'm just now proud to be a part of it. I mean, it's become so much bigger than me. Yeah. Congrats, man. That's super cool. I, I love, I love hearing stories like that just because it's, it's always good whenever you win and then like the, the end consumer wins. So the, the client wins as well. Like it's just, it, it, I feel like it's such a good fit for, for both parties. And I think you've, you've filled that gap tremendously. Thank so you. Kudos. Thank you there. very much. Kudos. Um, and so what I do want to go through real quick, I like to, with this podcast, well, it's uh, do whatever I want basically. Um, but with, with the, Isn't I that why we do this, right? I, so I, we I, can do, I mean, I write about Star Wars and push-ups and I get to, that's what I file my taxes around. It's like, right. what? How is that reality? But here we are. It's perfect. No, but but I like to I like to understand sometimes inflection points in people's life and why they make certain decisions that they do. Um, and so like you didn't, you didn't get like an exercise science degree in college, right? You didn't get, uh, uh, you know, a nutrition degree or anything like that. So fill me in on how you got a a bachelor's degree in economics, and then you you got into fitness. Like, was there some type of moment, or was there a a, a quarter life crisis? What kind of happened to make that shift? 
well, if you read anything on nerd fitness, brevity is not my strong suits, but I will try to keep this, uh, good. keep this, good. <laughs> keep this brief. Do your thing. Um, so I started exercising in high school. I got cut from the high school basketball team. And I thought it was because I was too skinny and not strong enough. And the reality was I wasn't actually very good at basketball either. But in my head, it was because I wasn't strong enough. So I was like, I'm going to prove that coach wrong. I'm going to go to the gym and start exercising. And I went to the gym every day. And even by the, ne- by the next year, I rolled around. I was like, wait a second. I don't even like basketball. Like, I'm, I'm good. I didn't even bother trying out. But I went through two years of high school and all four years of college like reading muscle and fitness and, and, uh, reading muscular um, development or, muscular, or right, men's, men's health, men's health, all the different men's ones. Health, yeah. Um, fit for life or body for life or whatever that book was that everybody reads. And, uh, I read all of those books and I did all of the things and I tried to do all of the things at the same time, because that's what, that's what everybody thinks I need to do. And after six years of training, I think I had made like zero, zero progress, just nothing. And I graduated college. Like you said, I had a degree in economics and uh, moved out to San Diego where my brother was living or we were going to live together. And I got a job in sales because I figured like my parents are in sales. I like talking, like I'll just do sales. And I very quickly learned that I'm not good at sales. I love talking. I hate selling. I'm not, I just don't enjoy it. Plus I was like, I was selling construction equipment. I'm like, you know, I had worked, I'd done some construction work and like, you know, during summer jobs, but uh, certainly not um, a passion, <laughs> certainly not a passion of mine. Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't know what I was selling. I'm like trying to explain the PSI, you know, like the, of, of certain jackhammers to some guys that's been using a jackhammer for 40 years. And he's like, <laughs> who is this kid? And what is he trying? You know, I'm like 21, like, like go here, gung ho on job sites. It was bad. Um, so, but when I moved to San Diego, I signed up for a gym membership and a trainer out there was like, when you joined the gym, you got six free personal trainer sessions. And I was like, I'm good. I got this. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> no problem. And he was like, well, you get them for free. Like I, I can at least like help put a plan in place for you. I was like, no problem. Sure. Why not? And he's like, all right, what's your workout and how are you eating? I was like, no problem. On Mondays, I do this. On Tuesdays, I do this. On Wednesdays, I do this and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, you know, Tuesday is like left butt cheek and Thursday is right <laughs> bicep and whatever. Like it was like so individualized. And he was asking me about my diet. He was like, okay, great. We're going to throw all of that away. We're going to do squats and deadlifts and bench presses. And then I'm going to double how much you're currently eating. Again, I was like really scrawny. I was like, I I don't know, man. I don't, maybe he's like, just (laughs) give it a shot. And like, sure enough in a month, I think I put on like 15 pounds. I'm sure a lot of it was fat and water weight, but for somebody that had spent six years trying to put on any weight, I'm like, oh, so if you like get strong and eat the right stuff in the right quantities, you're going to actually get results. And that's when like the light bulb went off in my head. I just started like really falling in love with health and fitness. So I'm falling in love with health and fitness. I'm reading more and more about health and fitness. And my day job is just getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, I was in inside sales. So I was sitting inside an office to start. And then one of the outside sales guys uh, quit one day and like the way the company had restructured, they didn't have anybody else. The boss like throws me keys to this company truck. And he's like, congratulations, you are now promoted to outside sales. And I was like, great. What does that mean? He's like, you need to drive around to job sites all day, every day and find new business. I'm like, oh, oh man, like, that sounds terrible. Like yeah. walking up to people and seeing like what $10,000 piece of equipment they need to rent. And I don't know what I'm doing. So I start, uh, I remember on one particularly miserable job, day at the day at the yeah. job like the, they had just installed gps devices on each truck so my boss knew where the truck was parked at all times and i remember he called me one morning he was like hey why haven't you left your house yet it's 605 and i was like i'm, I'm in the bathroom dude <laughs> like i'm sorry like i haven't left yet it's 6 a.m like i'll I'm, my day is going to start at 6 10 like i hope that's okay so I, I was particularly despondent and just destroyed i'm like there's no way i can do this for 40 years like i'm just and if, what I'm sorry to cut you off. What age was this at? I was probably 22, okay. 23, All maybe right, cool. 20, 22, 23, somewhere in there. Cool. So, uh, so I'm driving around on my job sites and I'm literally like that. I'm reading Harry Potter sitting in my truck and driving from job site to job site so that my boss could see that the, the truck was moving around San Diego. <laughs> and I would go into a job site, get rejected, walk out, read a few pages in the car until I like recovered from the rejection. And then I drive to the next job site. And on one of those, uh, one of those job, 
like one of those lunch breaks, I walked into a bookstore and it happened to be the first week that Tim Ferriss's four hour work week came out. And I walked in and it was like this, like the heavens parted and like this, this light shone through onto (laughs) this book that had just been launched. And I was like, like the cover is like the two little palm trees and the guy in the hammock. And I'm like, that seems way better than selling construction equipment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think I read it in like two days. I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but this is the future that I want to live. So I started racking my brain and I'm like, what are like the two groups I can be a part of? And I'm like, well, or like, what's the group I can be a part of and what can I create for them? I was like, well, I'm not going to become like Richard Simmons or Jillian, you know, Jillian Michaels. Like I'm not going to become like a fitness guru. Like it's just, that's not my bag. That's not really what I'm interested in. But I don't know of anybody that is specifically trying to help nerds. And that's when I Googled nerd and fitness and nothing popped up. So like my, my initial focus was like, I'm going to create like what Tim talks about in the book. It's like, I'm going to create that splash page for my whatever info product. And, and I'm going to turn it into a, a and that's how I'm going to make my, my living. Uh, and, and, my, and it's only going to take four hours a week. Uh, that is not in fact what happened. I bought nerdfitness.com. I did absolutely nothing with it for two years until I finally worked up the courage to like get certified as a trainer because I thought I needed that certification that gave me a little bit of a, a boost. And then I started writing articles about helping people. And my goal then was just like, I don't know how I'm going to make money, but I'm just going to work on the website and build a following. And then I'll ask them what they want and figure out a way to give it to them. So were you, were you, like, were you still doing, I'm sorry for interrupting. I'm going to no do problem. this a few times. Yeah. Do, do you, were you still doing the job uh, during this time? Like, were you doing this in the after hours? Where was, sure. was that? So I, I, I'm sorry. So I quit the, I quit the construction equipment sales job. So I read, I read for our work week. A few months later, a friend of mine was living, or two of my college roommates uh, from Vanderbilt were living in Atlanta. And they were like, we're looking for another roommate. And I was like, okay, I'm in San Diego. I have this job that stinks. I have two of my college buddies. Um, I just had like a panic attack on like an airplane flying back to San Diego because I'm like, I hate my job. I hate my life. I can't do this. And they said, hey, we need another roommate. So I was like, okay, I'm going to move to Atlanta, find a job. I grew up on the East Coast. So the move was a better fit for me. So I was like, I'm going to move to the East coast. I'm going to find another job. And while I'm working on that job, maybe I'll find a way to eventually do something with this thing I have in my head called nerd fitness. So I looked for jobs on Craigslist, uh, as you do. I like, I mean, I checked like career (laughs) builder and back then it was career builder and monster. And all I could find were jobs for like insurance sales or like health equipment sales. And then I found a job on Craigslist for a company that was looking for somebody to help with marketing for floating music festivals. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> that's the thing that I need to be doing right now. Sure. So I, uh, I submitted my application and they happened to resonate with what I, what I had written and, and submitted. And I said, I'm moving to Atlanta next month. I would love to have this job. I'll do anything for it. Uh, and it was very low paying. And I was like, I don't care. Just get me in the door at this company and I'll, and I'll figure it out. And they ended up hiring me. So I quit the job in San Diego, moved to Atlanta. And it was, I was working for them for about a year before I finally started, like did the personal trainer thing on the side and started working on nerd fitness on the side. So I probably spent a good 18 months to two years working on nerd fitness on the side because I had worked for the, that cruise company. Um, called Six Man. They're awesome. I still go on their cruises every once in a while, certainly not during the current environment, but uh, great people. They put on amazing events. Uh, we did cruises with John Mayer, Kid Rock, Leonard Skinner. Oh, I mean, wow. it was a, it was a, it was a, it's literally a floating music festival. Better than construction, um, it sounds. Yes, certainly better than construction. My job was literally to write marketing content for these maze- music events, foster the communities that these cruises, each cruise had its own theme and its own community of people that would come back year after year. And then I would go on the boats and like introduce bands or interview bands and like make sure people were having fun. Like that was my job. Yeah. It was great. And I learned a lot about community building and that's when nerd fitness kind of shifted from Steve is going to write about pushups to like, Steve is going to try to foster a community and then eventually find a way to create things for that community and find a way to make a living off of it. Mm. 
Oh, cool. I like that. See, that's why I like those little details because I like hearing, I, I want to, I like the transitions because there's so many times where people are maybe at that transition period in their life right now. And, and a lot of people listening to this are typically probably like 21 to 35, the bulk of that. And there's a lot of stuff going on in that time, right? A lot of finding yourself and, and figuring out careers and relationships and locations and all these different things. So I like hearing how you decided to go from certain things. And if you, you, you know, uh, were trying to mitigate risk or you were scared or, or whatever. So it's cool to, all the, all to the hear above. that. <laughs> all of the above. I was terrified and I worked on it every night because I was afraid of quitting the day job. And I also really, really liked the day job. Um, and eventually it just got to the point where I like, like over time, eventually realized like my heart was no longer with this amazing company that I had been working for, for two and a half years, but my heart was with this community that I had been building. And it was still very, very small, but I was like, man, if I can find a way to just make this work, uh, I think I'm onto something here. There's enough people that when people find it, they like it and I'm helping them in a unique way. I just need to go find more people. Yeah, cool. I love that. I love that. And then, so one thing that I did here at another podcast, and I want you to to go through as well. So this, the, an epic quest of awesome, I'm assuming. So we've kind of worked our way through the story. And then where did that kind of come into play and just lay that out for people a little bit? Sure. So having read the four-hour work week and Tim talks about traveling a lot, I had never been outside of America. I mean, I think I had probably been on like, a cruise with my family when I was like, you know, in eighth grade and it stopped yeah. in like Tulum and I got to see like some ancient ruins and, and, but like, I never got like a full experience of traveling. Sure. And I love the idea of, I mean, growing up, I grew up on Indiana Jones, James Bond, Jason Bourne, like these people that could like at a moment's notice, drop a, drop everything, pick up their go bag in their, in their closet and the next minute they're gone. They're on a flight to Europe. They're blending into the crowd in South Africa. They're uh, exploring ruins in, in South America or, or Southeast Asia. Like that was always very alluring to me. So as I was coming up with like, what do I want my life to be? And as nerd fitness uh, shifted from community to like, you know, I, I sold, I think I put out like a, a fairly inexpensive ebook and that ebook was enough to buy me a few months of income. And then I sold a few more. So then like, I was like, okay, if I can run this business from anywhere, and I can travel, like, why don't I find a way to incorporate the travel into this, into this business? I mean, the business was, you know, it's about health and fitness, but it was more than that. You know, most people aren't coming to me like, like, what's the Kenny Powers quote? Like, I'm not trying to be the best at exercise or whatever. Like, <laughs> yes, I wasn't trying to be the best at exercise. I was try- best at fitness or whatever it is. Yeah, um, that's amazing. I, uh, I, I wanted to be in shape so I could look good and feel good, but then also like go do cool stuff and not worry that my body could handle it. So I started thinking like, okay, like everybody's got a bucket list. Like that's, I can do, I can be nerdier than that. And I'd been following another uh, blogger for a long time. His name is Chris Gillibo. And mm, I, yeah. through Chris, through Chris, I learned how about travel hacking and like how to like make certain credit cards, get certain points. And I, I, ended up booking this crazy flight for dirt cheap. It was like 400 bucks and I want to say like a hundred thousand American airline points. And it was like literally an around the world plane ticket. Uh, I could fly, I could, I could hit 16 countries and fly 35,000 miles. Um, So I was like, Oh man, I'm going to Australia, New Zealand. Uh, I had just come back from my first international trip with my friends to Peru and like him and I traveling together to Peru and go to Machu Picchu. I was like, oh man, this is kind of fun. It's like, okay, instead of a bucket list, and if I'm going to travel, if I write about this stuff, then all of a sudden, like, this is my business and my life. I, instead of calling it a bucket list, I'm going to call it my epic quest. You know, I grew up playing a game called EverQuest on the computer, which sucked up way too much of my life. And the whole point of the game is like to go explore and do cool stuff, but in a video game. So this was my attempt at exploring and going to do cool stuff myself around the world. Uh, it involved like, okay, what... What ancient ruins do I want to hit? Uh, what specific activities do I want to do? What uh, skills do I want to try and learn? Um, are there certain charities or events I want to attend or go to or create or, or support or whatever. So I just put out this big list. I called it my epic quest and said, every time I cross five things off this list, I'm going to level up. My, my character, Steve, is going to earn experience points and level up. And I wrote about the article, or I'm sorry, I wrote about my around the world trip. I published my epic quest and said, hey, 
I'm going to spend the next 12 months traveling and working. I'm also going to be crossing off all of these things from my cool list. Uh, if you want to follow along, make sure you're reading Nerd Fitness. And it ended up getting picked up by like Gizmodo and TechCrunch. And, what, age, uh, what age was this at? Just for context? I was probably 26 at this point. Okay. All right. So cool. I had been running Nerd Fitness for full time about eight months. Okay. Uh, eight months full time, but that was after two and a half years of doing it. Sure. Of course. Part time. Yes. So yeah. uh, I, I was, you know, I had been making very little money with the cruise job and I lived very cheaply. And I did the research and said, like, geez, if I can book this flight for free and I sell my car and I don't have a mortgage or rent and I stay in hostels, like this trip is actually going to be cheaper than it would be for me to stay in Atlanta. Oh, and it's yeah. probably going to be good publicity. And I'm going to get a chance to do something that I could probably never have a chance to do later. So I literally spent all of 2011, I think. Uh, so I was 26, uh, 2011 or 2012. Uh, living out of a backpack and I'd work for like two days and then I'd get in a plane and do some crazy thing like skydiving or bungee jumping or flying a stunt plane or exploring ancient ruins. Um, Dude, I got to live like, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. What is, what, what is, what, what is that call to adventure that we feel whenever you get, I feel like young people, especially around this. So like I said, I'm 27 uh, and, and I know I've had the feeling to uh, travel, tra just travel. Like what, what is that thing of, is it the call to adventure? Like, what do you think it is around that age where you want, like you yearn for that? Sure. I mean, so there's this concept called the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell. It's I'm sure many people listening to this have heard of it. Uh, if you've ever seen Star Wars, A New Hope, the very first one, uh, that book, or I'm sorry, that movie was essentially like the script was done like section by section of the hero's journey. This hero's journey is this idea that all great stories in history from the ancient Romans up through Harry Potter uh, have all followed this same arc. It's a person of ordinary means. Uh, a they, There is this call to adventure. They initially resist the call. They're like, I'm not able to do it. And then eventually they step up and they decide to go on the adventure and they enter this extraordinary world where they do cool things and they meet, they meet sidekicks and allies to help them. And they change internally. And eventually they return home a different person and they return with the gifts of the knowledge they've learned and they've received. So uh, I, I think like this story and this idea of going out into the world has been passed down for so many generations and we all grow up with it. Every movie we've ever seen uh, from Disney to Indiana, everything often follows this arc. So it's very easy. Uh, it was very easy for me to see myself, you know, risk averse shy kid wanting to be this world traveler and deciding like, I'm terrified, but I bet I'll meet some fun people along the way and I can always go home. But like, I feel compelled to do this and not just do it in a way where like, I'm going to travel until the money runs out. But like, I wanted to come back more financially stable, more well-learned and more knowledgeable about different cultures and, and countries and, and life experiences and return home to share that or have this different perspective on everything. So that was really important for me to do uh, as I began this big journey too. Yeah, I love that. And so did the, did the, did the epic quest, did it like evolve over time? Did you have like a start and end? Is it still going on? Like how, what did you, what's, what's, sure. let I me found know it incredibly helpful to, I found it incredibly helpful to get started and to get me through, I mean, it was probably, I, I probably worked on this thing for five or six years. I think I'm at like level 16 now, something like that. Uh, amazing. But it's been a, it's been a while since I've worked on it. Uh, and I can get into, you know, some of the reasons around that, but it's certainly evolved. I, I would add things or remove things based on what was happening in life. Like I got to, I was in New Zealand and I was asleep on a bus and I woke up because the guy driving the bus made an announcement that said like, welcome to this town, home of the blah, blah, blah stunt plane. Um, okay. And I got off the bus. I was like, excuse me, sir. Did you say that uh, you can get in a stunt plane. He says, no, I said that you can fly a stunt plane. It's like, okay. Uh, as somebody that grew up watching Top Gun every other day, getting into a stunt plane sounded like a pretty good idea. And like, I found out what it was. And then and literally the next day I was in a stunt plane. It was like a bi, like an old World War II biplane sitting in the front seat with my hands on the, um, on the joystick, uh, joystick. Yeah. Joystick. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on the controls with the, you know, with the actual 
pilot behind me, but like I'm flying, I'm doing like barrel rolls and flips and like I'm in control. Oh my gosh. And uh, I was like, that was not on my list. But the second I heard about it, I was like, quickly write this down and publish it so then I can share. I just flew a freaking stunt plane and I like, I made a video about it and put it to like the Top Gun theme song and just had a blast with it. So it certainly evolved. It helped me do a lot of things. And uh, just over time, things have, my life has changed. I've moved a lot of times. Um, and my goals have kind of shifted where I'm still crossing things off, but I'm not in a rush to get them done. Whereas that year was a great reason for me to say like, Hey, I got these things I'm going to do. I'm going to be in these countries. People are going to want to follow along. Let's have some fun with it. And like, turn my life into a video game. Like that's what nerd fitness is all about. Like I need to put my money where my mouth is and actually do it. Mm, you become the hero, right? Exactly. Yeah. Now it's super cool. And along this, along this way, um, I know you've, you've probably met quite a few people. Like I know your, your list of, of, of people that you've connected with. So I, I think that you've connected with like, uh, you know, Mark Manson and, and, um, maybe not on this trip necessarily, but, uh, other bloggers. So nomadic Matt, I know you, you talk with him quite a bit. Uh, how, what kind of, I'm trying to think of how to frame this, but what advice would you give to people who want to, um, maybe, go on an adventure like this themselves, but then also kind of uh, uh, make these connections with people that they may have once looked up to and then eventually now can call them friends, if that makes sense. Sure. Uh, so I think people want to connect with other interesting people. And like that required me to do interesting things and be interesting. Yes, um, that's that's the connection I was trying to make. I'm sorry. Yes, sure. continue. Sure, and uh, you know, very quickly. So I was I I had just moved to New York. I threw a house party, and and a friend of mine said something like, "Hey, I have another friend that's in New York. He just moved here too. Can you come over?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." And Mark Manson walked in the door, and but I didn't. I probably read a few of Mark's articles. I had never met him before. I was just like, hey man, what's going on? He's like, nothing. I'm uh, I'm Benny's friend. Like, I'm here for the party. And I was like, sweet. Like, welcome. Let me get you a beer. Like, let's hang out. And uh, and then I think one of us brought up either Super Nintendo or Super Metroid or so. Mark, Mark hopefully won't mind me saying this. He's a huge video game dork too. And uh, the the majority of our conversations tend to even to this day revolve around video games. Um, and. Uh, we just became friends through uh, literally, I mean, video games was our was our common bond. And then the fact that we both happened to have been running um, blogs at that point. And you know, he said like, hey, I'm working on this book uh, and I would love for you to read it. And if you give me a quote, you know, for the cover or whatever, I'm like, no problem. I read it. I was like, man, dude, this is great. And it was obviously the subtle art of uh, not giving a fuck. And uh, and then that's since gone on to sell like 15 bazillion copies and uh I'm very proud that my name is on the back of that, you know, and my, my yeah. little quote is on the back of that sucker. So cool. Uh, um, but like, you know, it wasn't like, oh, oh man, like here's Mark, like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like everybody's normal. Everybody just wants to interact with other people doing interesting things and have interesting conversations. So I, I don't know the, the best advice I could give on that front. And I'll come back to the first part of your question after um, would be like, I never think of relationships as transactional. I think that's, the wrong way to think about it and or or like okay how do i use this person to get to this person like mm -mm. that is uh, people can see see through that especially if somebody is like constantly getting people asking them for stuff or like need wanting to connect with them like it's uh it's that people have pretty good bullshit detectors so like the majority of people that I hang out with or that I know that like people are be like, Oh man, that's cool that, you know, this person, they're just normal people that want to hang out with other. No I don't ask them for anything. Um, you know, it's like, how can I help them? And let's talk about something other than business or how cool they are because they, sure. hear, that, they hear that from everybody else. Of course. Uh, so it's just like, I don't know. Uh, I just try to be nice to everybody because you have no idea. And I don't care how successful somebody is. Like if somebody's really successful, but we don't have a connection, like I'm just not, that's, there's, there's such a limited amount of time. And I have such a limited amount of bandwidth that like, I would rather spend my time and conversations with people that I resonate with and that I like, and that um, are, that I want to like, that I like as a person and not just because they happen to be successful, whether or not they're successful is almost irrelevant. Um, so to the first part of your question, 
was like, how does somebody just like go on an adventure? Uh, it can be really daunting, especially if you've never traveled. So what I found to be incredibly helpful was I, I had a friend of mine who was more successful and had, I'm sorry, not more successful, but rather he was a pilot uh, for Delta. So he had done tons of international travel and I've known him since I was in first grade. So we were talking once I said like, Hey man, I'd love to travel outside of America. I just don't know what I'm doing. He's like, like, I'll go like, let's travel together. It's like, okay. Like I get it. Frodo and Sam, like, yeah. like, like oh, traveling to like, that sounds pretty reasonable. So I, I felt fortunate that my very first international trip, I did have a friend who uh, was more well-versed in travel than me. Uh, we ended up going to Peru and did Machu Picchu and, and spent a few weeks down there. And that gave me the confidence to do other trips. So I think the mistake that everybody, everybody makes is they say, I want to travel someday. It's kind of like saying, I want to lose weight. Like, okay, like how much, by when, what's your plan? Um, so travel, the more you can take this nebulous goal of I want to travel or I should travel and turn it into a, I'm going to go visit this specific country and I'm going to go on these dates and I'm going to set aside 50 bucks a month until I have the required amount of money uh, or a hundred bucks a month into this savings account. And you change your desktop background and your laptop to uh, to that country. And, and like you like turn it into this thing that you're working towards. It makes it very concrete and turns it into an adventure that that you're interested in. And like the adventures I picked were like specifically picked as a result of the movies and games that I played growing up. Like <laughs> yeah. I went to Machu Picchu because of Indiana Jones. I flew the stunt plane because of Top Gun. I went to New Zealand because of Lord of the Rings. Like I just picked places. I, I uh, gambled and lived like James Bond in Monaco because I wanted to be James Bond. So I was like, where does James Bond, where would James Bond go? I'm like, he would probably go to Monaco and wear a tux. I'm like, okay. I need to figure out where to get a tux and how to go to Monaco and how to gamble. <laughs> and then it became like this really fun puzzle that I had to kind of solve, but it required to be very specific, put a date on it, and then like actually put steps in place that moved me towards this path. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And so as you've as you've gone out, uh, gone throughout this this quest, and as you have um, <laughs> leveled up, basically, uh, I think one thing that would be interesting to hear from you and especially with your experiences is like, as of course you, you get more successful in things, your opportunities tend to exponentially increase as well. So it's like, whenever you uh, are thinking about what to do next, it's like, how do you choose, okay, this opportunity is worth pursuing. And then this one is maybe uh, not worth pursuing as much. Sure. Uh, I mean, I can, the very simple explanation be like for the first five years, I said yes to everything. And then for the next five years, I probably said no to everything. Um, yeah. Like I said, there's a reason I haven't been on podcasts recently. I've been busy scaling nerd fitness. I bought a home with my fiance and we adopted two dogs. Oh, um, congrats. Thank you very much. Uh, so it's like, I, I used to speak at conferences and I just started saying, I realized I was like, wait a second, like, I don't like speaking at conferences. Why do I force <laughs> myself to do this? Like, I just don't, I don't need it. So I just started saying no and very quickly learned that like, this is not bad at all. So for the very first number of years, I took every opportunity that came my way, any podcast recommendations or any podcast requests. Uh, I guess posted on every website I could. If there was any media piece that came along, I said, yes. If there was an event I could go to, I would say yes. If I could speak at something, I would say yes, because I just wanted to get like the nerd fitness idea and philosophy out into the world. And once it reached escape velocity and my life changed, you know, I couldn't spend 12 hours a day working anymore. I didn't want to spend 12 hours a day working anymore. I wanted to work on other things, just like I want to work on the rest of my life. And, um, that's when I, I shifted towards, you know, it's Derek Siffer's hell yes or no, or Mark Manson's fuck yes or no. Um, and it was like that if this is not like an absolute no brainer, you should probably say no and, and then deal with the ramifications afterwards. Some people might be upset. Um, I just started saying no, probably three or four years ago. It's like, I'm going to say no to pretty much everything that comes my way uh, for a while to get the rest of my life organized. Like I said, I just been started dating somebody. We're now engaged. Uh, I had moved a number of times. The business was growing like crazy and had gone from 10 people to now 50 people in, in a matter of a few years. 
but now that the company is like reorganized and a lot of the engine and the, the community that is nerd fitness has become like self-aware like it like it's like this it's it's a uh, it's taken on a life of its own it has freed me up to start saying yes to things that are important to me and this podcast was like this seems like something that's really uh interesting and important to me and uh i would love to get back and and start saying yes to a few more things so i think it's now in a case-by-case basis uh i think people probably say no too much when they should say yes and then they probably say yes too frequently when they should be saying no. So I'm a huge fan of, you know, Stoic philosophy. I've read all the all the Stoics. You know, Marcus Aurelius. Things like is this is this necessary, right? And like, or is this essential? Uh, Essentialism is a great book. I'm actually using it to prop up my microphone at the moment. Um, uh, it's like, is this essential? Do I need this? And does it serve its purpose? And when the answer to most of it to those is, is no, uh, and removing obligation from it, it's like, I probably don't need to say yes. And I've come to learn that, like, I started saying, I used to go to two to three conferences a year. And a few years ago, I said, like, do I need to spend the thousands of dollars and travel and, and to network? Or would I be better off staying home, working harder, or network, interacting with people in real life instead of going to this conference and having everybody talk about how many email subscribers they have? <laughs> right. I don't. I don't care. I don't care how many email subscribers you have. Are you a fun person? And could we hang out at the bar and talk about Final Fantasy right. or Lord but, of the Rings? But that type of uh, yes, I hundred percent agree. But with the, <laughs> with with that stuff, like everything that you just said, I think that it is necessary for a period of your time. To, yes. to go through that period and then be able to, because I, I think like you have to go through some of the shit, no matter what it is, to finally come out sometimes to come out through that other side, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, go and through if you don't all that say stuff. yes, yeah. And it also like you, you slowly refine your right. bullshit detector, I guess, for lack of a better term. Like you slowly refine like, okay, if my guardrails are this wide and I say yes to everything and then, oh, I went to this conference and it wasn't helpful, like, even if people are wanting me to come back next year, I'm probably going to say no. So then like that narrows the band a little bit. It's like, okay, maybe I should say yes to this party of entrepreneurs in my town. Like, oh my God, that was amazing. I'm so glad I went, even though I didn't really want to go. Like you now have a network of friends that you can rely on. Um, you know, it's things like that. It can be incredibly powerful. So it's, it's, it is good upfront to say those things. But then once you get confident in what's important to you or where your time needs to go, then saying no becomes a little bit easier because you're like, no, it doesn't fit these four criteria. It's just not worth it for me uh, because I have so many other things that are important to me. Right. And so, so with that said, what are uh, a few things, you know, this could be business related, personal, share whatever you, you want to share, but like, what are some things that you're looking forward to in the future? Like what's exciting you right now? I mean, excited to start traveling again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. What's first after, on the list and then yeah. finish the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, excited to travel, excited to like go out to a restaurant and have somebody else prepare food like somebody that is like good at preparing food, prepare food for me. And I don't have to heat it up in a microwave after it's been delivered. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I am excited to, uh, so I just recently, again, moved back to Nashville um, and moved into a really fun part of town. And I have tons of friends here and we see each other like outside, but like, I'm excited to build a new network of um, other writers and entrepreneurs here in, in Nashville. Um it's been a, it's been a, uh, uh, Alex is my fiance. Alex and I uh, bought a house last year and it's an old 1940s house. And it seems like every other month we're either fixing something or we're, we're building something new or fixing something old. Uh, this past weekend, we had 18 inches of water in our basement, um, which is where my, my squat rack is. So I woke up and walked down the basement as like, well, okay, I guess this is what we're doing. It's more difficult. Um, yeah. A little difficult, uh, but we, <laughs> you know, we went and bought a pump and we're very fortunate that like, you know, how bad many other people had it. I mean, some people I think even, even died as a result of this. So, uh, getting through, um, that it's been kind of fun, like shifting my focus from, I want to like change the world and do all these big things and I need to go fast. I need to go right now Yes. to like, I want to spend time with my, with Alex and the dogs and I want to work. Um, I guess say Ryan Holiday's work has been really influential for me here. His book, Stillness is the Key, has been very helpful to kind of get me to slow down. And unsurprisingly, as this uh, 
you know, I was in such a rush when I was younger to get big and strong that I would often do so unsustainably. And then I would four steps forward, two steps back, three steps back, five steps back, whatever. And then I shifted it from like, I don't, I'm not trying to get anywhere else. I'm just happy with where I am. I'm just going to try to get a little stronger today than the last workout. And now my focus with my life is similar. Like I don't have any big business goals. It's like nerd fitness is growing. We've had, uh, you know, the team has gone from, I think 10 coaches, uh, in 2019 to now 25, we're hiring five or six more in the next week or two. Um, it's just, it's growing like crazy, but I haven't set big goals and trying to, it's like, I want to work on meaningful stuff with people that I enjoy hanging out with. And that is the team at nerd fitness for people that I, that I like, and that is the nerd fitness community. And if I can do those things, like that's a pretty good day. Like if I pick up something heavy, if I read a book, if I, uh, go for a walk and if I, you know, get a chance to recover or relax, like that's probably a pretty good day. Uh, it just took 12 years of, of chaos with nerd fitness and reinventing the company 20 times, uh, between then to get me to this point. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. You say that about Ryan holiday and all that, and I'm coming to come back to that in, in just a second, but sure. with what you just said, what advice would you give for this could be younger Steve or whatever, but people who are going, cause like, so me, for example, like I am, I'm doing this full time and I'm doing well, but I, I think I'm in that part of reinventing myself where I'm, I'm fully, you know, sustaining myself, but now it's more opposed to what do I want my day to look like? And what do I want my business to look like on a day-to-day -day basis? But more so like the people who are, you know, maybe in their twenties and, and trying to figure things out, like what words of encouragement or, or advice could you give them who are going through the shit and, you know, don't have as much the luxury of kind of those small things being the, the, uh, focus of their day. Sure. So I think if, if I had to give any advice to somebody, you know, I, I would probably say, don't quit your day job to start. Uh, I would try to, if you're trying to build a, a, a whether it's you're building a side hobby or, or not, uh, I would try to find work with a company that you admire. Uh, I like the idea of small companies. Um, you have to get really creative on where they, where, where you look and, and how they're hiring. Um, but I really enjoyed my time working with Sixth Man because it was a small company of about 20 people. I got to wear about six to 10 different hats in my three years working there. I learned the ins and outs of a business. I learned about a community. Uh, I got, you know, Skills. became really... Yeah, really good friends with the owner of the company. And he, to this day, would be one of the mentors I call when I struggle with big decisions around nerd fitness. Uh, so I think I would say, like, don't chase the money. Like, if there's an opportunity and you're choosing between, like, job that pays very, very well, but it's something you're not really interested in versus, like, a job that doesn't pay as well, but it's an interest, you're going to learn more. It's a smaller company. It's more interesting. Like, that seems like, long-term, probably a better fit and a better use of skill development. Um, it also requires you to live very inexpensively. Um, and you know, you, you become a minimalist almost by accident, um, or by, by necessity. Right. So, so that's what I would say for somebody that is, is hustling and trying to figure it out. If they are doing a side hustle or figuring out how to build a business, um, you know, something that you mentioned that was like, what if the question I like to ask is like, what if this works? You know, like everybody's like, what if it doesn't work? It's like, what if it works? Yeah. And if it works, what kind of life are you going to have? You know, a part of the reason why I say no to a lot of opportunities is because like, if I say yes to this opportunity and it works, I probably then have more responsibilities. I have more people asking me for things. I have more of my schedule locked up. And the thing that's most important to me right now is freedom of, schedule. You know, I have tomorrow, a friend of mine, the same friend who's a pilot, uh, he's headquartered in Knoxville. I drive halfway from Nashville to Knoxville. He drives the other half and we're going to play golf tomorrow morning on a Thursday. I love it. I don't have to check in with anybody. There's nobody wondering where I am, uh, because there's nobody that needs to report to me. So, uh, that's the way I structured it. And that's the way things are structured now because my freedom is what's important. So like, if there was an opportunity, hey, you should do this partnership or you should, guys should launch this thing. If it works, is my life better or worse as a result? And if the answer is it's probably worse, even if I have more money, like 
I don't, that's not what I'm optimizing for right now. Yeah, no, Does I that love make that. Sense? Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Thank you for that answer. I, I yeah, because I agree as, as far as what you said with the, the freedom, I think that's, that's exactly what I'm going towards. I actually heard it on, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Rad Reads with uh, uh, K. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say his name exactly, but it's he, he had an article. Mr. Rad Reads. Yes. So, yes. There you go. Um, and, and he had an article where this this older lady said that her definition of success was the the health of her friends and family and never feeling rushed. And I was like that. I it hit Pretty hard with day. me. Pretty I was like that sounds great to me. Um, and, and what you said about the, the the stoicism and things. What I actually did was I was going through your personal page on Instagram, uh, and, and you had a post on September 5th and 2017 of a graveyard in the middle of Manhattan. Um, and so it was basically just a post about not taking yourself too seriously. And at the end, at the end of that post, you asked a question uh, to your audience. What's one thing you can do today to remember death and truly enjoy being alive? And your answer was, was practicing music. And so my question is, if I could ask you that again today, what would you say that you've been doing lately to kind of serve as that reminder? But it's cool in 2017 and now you still have similar views. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I still have the, I still have the music. Uh, I still play, I still play, I wouldn't say every day, but I still play fairly frequently. Bring it full Uh, circle to the banjo. Yes. Full circle of the banjo. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then one other thing that I didn't bring up, but you know, you're talking about, we'll, we'll come back to this after so don't sure. forget, but sure. um, when I was shifting nerd fitness from like solo blog, Steve to company, uh, I, I was talking to a guy that uh, I'm sure many people on this podcast are also familiar with Ramit, Ramit Sethi yes. of, I will teach you to be rich. And uh, he was another guy that like, I was a fan of, and we just, you know, we, ran in similar circles and I needed, I asked his advice on some financial stuff and we became friends. But I said like, for me, I, I want to try to turn nerd fitness into a business. And he said, congratulations, get ready to eat shit for about three to five years. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, haha, very funny. Uh, that was about five years ago of eating shit. And only recently have <laughs> yeah. I come out the other side. So we can come back to that after. Sure, um, that's great. But uh, the things that make me feel alive right now, I mean, I'm, you know, golf has become this excited. So I, I was on the, I was the captain of my golf team in high school, <laughs> super nerd. I was like played golf and tennis for my two sports and I wasn't good enough for basketball. If you, you know, so as far as nerd and fitness goes, I think I got the the two check boxes there. Dude, golf is hard. I'm a big golfer as well. So yeah, I understand golf is difficult. Yeah. It, it, the interesting <laughs> thing with golf is, I mean, it's very stoic philosophy. It's very helpful for golf because <laughs> yeah. you can't, you can't just like muscle it. You have to quiet down your mind. You have to quiet down your swing. You have to quiet down your body. You have to quiet down your thoughts. You have to quiet down everything repeatedly, strip away repeatedly. And then you hit one good shot and you're like, I I got it. I'm, and then the next (laughs) shot you put in the woods, you're like, I'm so bad at golf and this is terrible. Uh, Why am I playing? (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. So since moving to Nashville, uh, and you know, just, it's very difficult to play golf when you live in the middle of Manhattan with no car. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. So now that I live in Nashville and I have a car again, and I just leave my clubs, uh, you know, I have my clubs ready to go at the door in the, by the basement in the garage. Um, luckily they were in the car, not in the basement during the flood. So we're okay. Uh, <laughs> that could have been I, bad. Know, I, yeah. I probably play golf, you know, I would say two to three times a week, um, these days. And like, that's super fun for me. I have a friend here in Nashville that I love to play with. And my friend Cash, who lives in Knoxville, the one that drives over. So like golf makes me feel alive. Uh, but then like, this is going to sound cliche, but like I was never an animal person growing up. My family never had animals. Uh, and my uh, girlfriend, now fiance, Alex convinced, like she grew up with animals and she's like, we need, we're going to adopt a dog. It's like, oh boy, I don't know. And we adopted a dog in the first six months. I was like, we've made a huge mistake. This is terrible. Oh my God. My Peter Pan life is ruined and I can't do whatever I want, whatever I want. Um, and then slowly but surely this dog has won me over and now uh, pepper. And we recently adopted a second dog, olive. Um, they're both black, black lab mixes. Uh, there's like, I'm going to, I'm after this interview, I'm going to go downstairs and they're going to act like they haven't seen me in a decade. <laughs> yeah. And their butts are going to be wiggling and they're going to be smiling and they don't care what happened 10 minutes ago. And they have no interest in knowing what's going to happen 10 minutes from now. They're just happy to be there in that moment. So like every time I see these dogs, um, you know, one of them sleeps in a crate because she's crate training. The other one sleeps at the foot of the bed when I wake up in the morning and see them. And they're just like so happy to see me. And they're so happy to be awake and so happy about whatever else is coming. I'm like, all right, that's pretty great. So Alex, uh, Alex and I, you know, 
it's been really fun with Alex to uh, take care of these dogs and to build this home and to play golf. And it's like, Alex jokes like, Steve, if you told 25-year-old Steve what he would be doing at 36, you, <laughs> yeah. a home with two dogs and like living in, uh, you know, 12 South Nashville, like what would he say? And be like, he's either doing something very right or very wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, you know, I like to think we're doing something very right. So, you know, spending time with Alex, the dogs, golf, um, uh, those are the things that like, I'm just, I don't know. Like, I don't, there's nothing that like I need at the moment. Like I'm just pretty, pretty content. And, uh, those are the things that make me remind me that like, Hey, I'm alive. Things are pretty good. Beats the alternative. I'm happy, man. You'll be, you'll be happy to know real quick with I'm on the video podcast. Do you see that picture right there? That's of my cat, Carl. So I got Carl. that. I got yes. that from my. He's in like an admiral, admiral, uh, like <laughs> suit, and it's his cat head. Yeah. So I, I conveniently kept that out of frame, but I feel like I'm gonna pit, put it in there now. So that you yeah, can see you're it. allowed. That's yeah, great. Yeah. People yeah. Come, like when I tell people I run a site called Nerd Fitness, they're like, "Oh, don't say that. You're not a nerd." I'm like, "No, I am," and I'm very proud of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm very proud. Like, what do you want to do? You want to do Star Wars trivia? You want to talk about video games from Super Nintendo era? Like regular Nintendo? Like, let's go. I'm in. That's amazing. Good stuff. I like it. I, I like it. I like you. Steve, I like the child. The, the 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 childlike persona is is very refreshing, and it's something that I um I strive for with with some of my stuff as well. So I really uh, admire your work and and you. And Thank you. As long as you also get your shit done as an adult, like <laughs> yes, yes, I know a lot. I know far too many people that have structured their lives around not wanting to grow up, and uh, if they're successful, can continue to do so. So it's been very nice to grow up in many aspects. And sure. then to still retain this childlike uh, enthusiasm in in many others. Uh, of course, so, of course. Well, I I I want to I want to respect your time. Um, real quick, the last question um, before before we sign off is what what should people do next? What what advice do you have for for the the wonderful people listening? What what should they do next? What's your sure? Um, one tip. Yeah, <laughs> read read books. There you Reading go. is so good. And you get like the most, like all of the wisdom of somebody's entire life condensed into like 250 pages. And like the people books have changed my life. You know, the four hour work week changed my life. Chris Gillibo changed my life. Ramit's book changed my life. Yeah. Um, and these are books that I didn't know these people uh, when I read their books, I just read their books and, and, and loved them. So uh if there's an opportunity or you see a book that you're interested in, like put down the phone, get off of Instagram. Um, what's funny is actually I'm now spending my time, like my fun creative project right now is running nerd Fitness's Instagram. So like I've been doing that for the past month and having a total blast with it. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say like put things down, like set aside time every day to read at least one, one page of, of something that is interesting to you. Uh, and then and then just be good to people. I realize that's two things, but like so many people, especially in this online space are just all about transactional. Who do I leapfrog and how do I lily pad from this person to the next person? And how do I leverage this opportunity? It's like, I can just be a good person and help people and expect nothing in return. And then do that for about a decade. And over time, <laughs> things eventually work out uh, and people like tend to like you and want to do nice things for you in return, but you, you don't ask for it. You don't expect it. Um, so be a good person and read a book, I guess. Okay. Maybe like do some push-ups or something. There you go. Like, Throw that's that probably in there. good too. Perfect. Perfect. Um, all right, Steve, this was, uh, this was wonderful. And last thing where, uh, where can people find out more about you and nerd fitness? Sure. So nerdfitness.com uh, is the website. I am, like I said, I've taken over the nerd fitness Instagram. I'm posting, uh, or working on things to go up every day there. And that's been a fun way for me to share stuff. Um, we have, uh, pretty killer online coaching program. And we have this really cool app where you get to create a superhero and level up called nerd fitness journey. It's on apps, any either app store it's in, you know, Android or Apple. Uh, but just come hang out in the nerd fitness community. We're a bunch of dorks that don't take ourselves too seriously. Uh, we tend to get some pretty good results for people and we have a lot of fun doing it. Perfect. Steve, thank you so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been an honor. And that is that, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Than Fitness Podcast. And please, if you could help me out a little bit here and leave a rate and review in iTunes and also take a screenshot and post it up on your IG story 
tag me at mattmcleod6. I'd love to share it. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast and also so that we can share the word with other people. I would love to build up this community, build up this tribe of people that we have like you and I uh, and get the word out there. Uh, Also, if you want more free content, you can check the links in the description. I have my free four-week workout plan, The Ultimate Physique Development. And also, if you want to work with me online, one-on-one for personal coaching, you can check the link in the description as well. Uh, And anything else you need, please send me an email, send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. Again, thank you so much for listening.